Welcome to New Mommy at 40, a honest, informative, and non-judgmental podcast for those navigating to and through parenthood in their 40s. Today, we're chatting with Dr. Sam Rader, creator of Source Code. It's a healing modality that helps us identify the coping mechanisms that we've carried with us since childhood. It gives us an opportunity to heal so we can be better, happier versions of ourselves while making sure not to pass them on to our children. You won't want to miss this episode. Stick to the end so you can hear a special link to have a virtual seat to our next workshop. But before we get into it, subscribe, follow wherever you're listening to this so you don't miss a single episode. All right, let's get into it. It didn't happen in my 20s. Who cares? Now I've got all this fancy wisdom. Hey, I've got this baby, you're getting the best of me Cause I'm a new mommy at 40 (laughs) I am so excited for this interview because it's just right on time and you'll, you'll know why in a minute but I'd like to introduce you to our special guest today She is Dr. Sam Rader Dr. Sam is a former psychologist who took what she learned about child development, personality, and growth, and turned it into a new healing modality called Source Code. Source Code allows us to peel back the curtain on why we are here, why the way we are, uh, the way we are, and what we can do about it. It helps us understand how our negative patterns get formed during childhood and shows us that we can let go of our outdated defense mechanisms to reveal more of who we really are, our true essence of joy, ease, and love. We can use source code to recode ourselves and to parent our children differently so that we can enjoy happier, healthier, more beautiful lives. Welcome, Dr. Rader. Thank you so much, Victoria. I couldn't be happier to be here. I couldn't be happier to have you because the email came in my inbox and I, and I read it and I thought, oh my goodness, someone is reading my mind. So the journey that I am on personally (laughs) is getting rid of generational trauma that I've just really identified as that. And as my daughter turned three at the end of January, I really thought, you know, maybe I didn't really put a plan together of how I was going to mother her. And it was so simple in those first few months because or that first year, because they sit where you tell them to sit, they do their little tummy time and everything is fine. And as she's developing into her own little person and speaking to me and and I'm I'm managing the tantrums, I found myself really struggling between what I was raised to do and what I would want to do with her. And then when I that came up, I thought, oh my goodness, what is the trauma that I, what have I learned from the way that I was raised? The reason I don't want to pass it on is because it didn't fit well to me. Isn't that crazy? Oh my God. I, the timing could not be better. This is what I do. This is what we'll do. I know. So I'm reading it and I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm like, what? How did this come? I know how, but spiritually (laughs) I know exactly why, but yes. Yes. Welcome. So yes. I, I just thought before, I, I just want to let you know that, cause this is the first time we're meeting folks, but we, we definitely feel like we've met before. So I wanted to let her know that so that as she explains who she is and how she came into this uh, amazing um, healing modality, 
I just wanted her to have that information. But tell us about yourself, Dr. Sam. Like, how did you arrive in this place to 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 kind of decode ourselves mm -hmm. to be better and happier in our yeah. lives? Yeah. Especially, you know, parents. I think it started kind of similar to what you were saying of the way I was raised didn't fit with my essence. Mm -hmm. It didn't feel mm -hmm. good. It didn't feel safe. I didn't feel like I could be who I really am. I didn't know that because I didn't know who I really was. I had never felt mm -hmm. who I really am. Um, but I, uh, as I've come to to find more of myself through psychology, through spiritual practices, through meditation, through yoga, you know, through my 27 years of, of self-study, the more I've revealed my true essence of love that we all share at the core, the more I've been able to sort of see what are the parts of me that aren't that and how did those get put into me by the way I was raised. And as you mentioned, I was a psychologist for 18 years. I had a private practice. I trained many psychologists and MFTs. Um, and in that time, I started noticing there was a pattern across all of my clients, regardless of their race, their gender, their sexual orientation, how they were raised, you know, what, how they vote. They all were saying the same words, like the same keywords to describe the same 12 problems. And I was like, is this happening? Cause I have a little bit of a <laughs> robot brain, like a pattern code breaker kind of brain. Yeah. And I was like, wait, <laughs> this is a thing. There's really only 12 problems we have as human beings. This is wild. And everybody who had this certain kind of problem had a similar kind of problem in childhood. And I was like, oh, whoa, this is all caused by how we're raised. And as, as each of these 12 things revealed themselves to me over 10 years that I sat wrestling with each of these things, like, what is this? And I had to live it fully in myself to find the other side because I had all 12. So that's what allowed <laughs> me to be the conduit for the work is, is to feel what I call our coping styles, to feel a coping style when we don't get what we need at a certain developmental stage that feels like our personality because it's who we've been since we can remember, but it's not who we really are. It's like an invisible prison we're living inside of. And it is that unconscious generational pain hound down through the millennia. And to be able to know, okay, if I'm not this, then what am I? And each coping style has a corresponding antidote or healed position. And so I've, mm -hmm. over the last 12 years, I've been able to find out, okay, what are these 12 problems and what are their solutions and what does it feel like when we're on the other side? And as I mm -hmm. began really teaching this and bringing people into energy and embodiment, I started to notice that people were shifting like in the moment instead of the years mm -hmm. it would take me of seeing someone every week as a psychologist. And it's because source code, my work, does not deal with the mind. The mind can go around in circles. It can play tricks on itself. It's very wily energy. I love the mind, but it's it's mm -hmm. not where the real shifting is. Source code is, puts the attention at the energy and it puts the attention on the coding underneath our daily circumstances to the symbolic right. landscape that runs us. And we do the healing at the root and then everything can change in the now. And uh, I know that sounds a little woo, but it it works. <laughs> not here. You're in the right place right. for a woo. <laughs> so not at all. But if someone happens to feel that, I wanted to use myself as a case <gasps> yeah, study. Favorite. Because, you know, that way, you know, because at this point, my listeners have gotten to know me and they know uh, the traumas that I've been in, uh, that I've experienced over time. 
But I'm going to go back to my childhood. And I think it's very good for um, this audience here as we mother, as we parent, to avoid these pitfalls, to just be conscious about how what we're putting in, what codes we're putting into mm -hmm. our kids. And I'm just so determined because it makes me emotional. I just do not want for her to carry anything like I carried. So the work is amazing. So Can I just say even in, that intention yeah. is new. Yeah. Like we're at such mm. an incredible, privileged, pivotal time in the history of humanity where we're the first ones waking mm -hmm. up to this generational unconsciousness. And we're the first ones who can say, the buck stops with me. And yep. it's hard and it's scary and it's weird. And there's no you know map. Although source code is kind of the map, thank God. <laughs> can be right. one map. Um, and um, yeah, anyway, so, so thank you for being like the mother of the seed of a new world. Oh, it's a lot of pressure when you put it in that sense, but it's true. I mean, I just don't want her to have that that weight that I was carrying. And may I say, for anyone who knows my parents, or if you're listening to this as a parent going, are you telling me I'm doing my child harm? You may not intentionally be doing that. It may not be something uh, at all that is your intention. I know that I was very loved and cared for. And my mother, who's no longer with us, is not here to to explain or defend or anything. And so I just want to say that, but I don't, I'm starting to feel um, more ownership in my voice that to not make those excuses for her. But I just want that, you know, for me in my own personal life, but for those who are listening, I don't think Dr. Sam is saying we are intentionally doing these things. These are things that we're learning, the patterns that we are learning just from observation and things that have been said to us and, and, and that's what we're trying to do here is just kind of make you more informed so that as you parent, these things can kind of come up for you and maybe you can do your own checks and balances and understand where it comes from for yourself. Yes. Therefore, you can be better for other people yeah. around you. If so I can just say something to that, I, that the way I yeah, see it is everyone please. is innocent. Like our parents yeah. came by their okay. coping styles innocently from their parents and then because they yeah. were living in a certain kind of pain and, and emotional prison, their energy field and the way they treated us wrapped us into that story. And, and now we have it inside of us. And if we, don't, um, if we don't know we're in it and if we don't bring love and attention to it to shift it, we do pass it on to our kids. That's just how this works. It's been going on forever yeah. and you know, everybody's innocent. Yeah. I think that's great. That's very important to to say. I I wanted to think I'm thinking maybe we should tell do you want to explain the 12 coping styles well, now before I tell you what I found out sure. about mine? You know, I can very briefly <laughs> it takes a long time if I really explain it. So I'll just go brief. How about I go brief? Okay. Okay. Um sure. Okay. <laughs> it's so much. Um, so when we're first born, so each, each, each of the coping styles goes along with a developmental stage that we're going through. So even though it sort of gets caused around this time, which is in our first five years of life, each of these things, they're healable at any time. We can heal these when we're 
I'm helping people in their late sixties step out of these patterns. You know what I mean? And, and step out of them in the here and now very easily. So it's never too late and it's never too late to reparent ourselves and our children. So even if your kids are past the first five years of life, that's okay. So the first thing we're kind of coming in, trying to figure out as newborns is, is this where I belong? Is this a place where I will be understood and where I can land and connect and call home? And the way we feel this is if we're understood. And mm-hmm. if when we're having this rich experience of inner needs and feelings, if our parents are able to attune to us, if we're hungry, we get fed. If we're hot, they take off our sweater. They can kind of mind read what we're feeling in a way. And if they can't or won't do that for whatever reason, we have to cope by adopting what I call the disconnected coping style, where we sort of um, don't trust that this is a place where we belong or fit in. And we always sort of feel on the outside looking in at life and nothing quite feels real and we don't feel at home here. Um, and there's four different ways that can go that are very different from one another. But the way to shift that is to become connected and to learn how to repair ruptures, meaning to learn how to let people know what we're needing and feeling and thinking, even if they don't get it right on the first time. And that's how relational bonds get built. The same way that when you go to the gym, you tear your muscles so that the bond grows back stronger. Every time we rupture in a relationship and then repair it, the bond grows stronger and we start to feel more connected. So that's one of the 12. Would you still like me to do all 12? No, there's 12 of them. And I don't want you to have to go through that. And I appreciate that. But I wanted someone to, I wanted them to hear at least one so they can see about what the style is. And you also said, mentioned the antidote, which is great. So I I love how you do that. So I would like you to know that I took the quiz. So there's a quiz that, yes, I did. I took it on uh, Dr. Raider's, uh, Dr. Sam. I know you'd like to go by Dr. Sam, Dr. Sam's website. And I have forever said, I'm an empath. Uh I, and in a room, I have always felt like I can identify with everyone. Like you could throw me anywhere and I'm going to just get along with people or feel what they're going through. And I used to say that the source of this was because I had been through so much that maybe even if I didn't go through exactly what you did, I had some type of foundation, a base for me to empathize with you. Then there's the aspect of the people pleasing as well. Uh, You know, I grew up in a Haitian household, Caribbean, where I think a lot of Caribbean children can identify with this is when you walked into a room and there was an adult, you were forced to say hello, hi, to talk to whether if you you wanted to or or not, Um, some to the extent of even going to hug and kiss Mm. someone and, and whether you, you know, you weren't asked like I hear now, or I, I do with my daughter, do you want to say hello? Say hello. Or do you, okay, you don't, that's fine. I didn't have that. Um, and also our ability to just say what we felt was not really an option unless you were asked and that was rare. So over time, I kind of just said, oh, that's just the way that I was raised. That's the way I was raised. And then I took your quiz and guys, I have to tell you, <laughs> You have to do it because going through the the questions that were asked really had me go back. And I, this is what was important when you said about the mind. It's not really, we don't really deal with the mind. We deal with how you're feeling, the emotion, because 
the mind has completely played tricks on me. There, And I think because I've gone through so much, there are truly periods of my life that I don't really quite remember. I don't know how to express that any more than what it is. I just don't. And there are times I've had to rely on siblings to go, did that really happen? Because I think in the moment of trauma, I have quickly put it in this compartmentalized, you know, area in my brain to cope. So I had, I looked at the 12 coping styles and I thought, yeah, every check, 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 check. But which one is going to be most prevalent, right? So this was, it was a really interesting space because I was nervous about what was going to come up because someone's, you know, you're, you're being told what, what is the most, uh, you know, the aspect of your life that needs the most paid attention to. I was going to say work, but it is work. And I, I, I go through the quiz and it's squashed. <gasps> oh. Squashed. And I, and if you don't mind, well, if you can explain that so people can understand, but I read it and I thought, oh my goodness. And it's funny because I was just hmm. in, um, in like a, a ceremony with some, a good women's circle that I, that I have. They're amazing. And we were doing cards and I pulled out a card and it was embrace your weirdness. You're not for everyone. You're not for everyone. And there are people who are around you who want to be around you and those who who don't, for whatever reason, there are reasons why they don't, maybe it's envy, maybe it's that they don't want to be around you. Let them go with love. So here comes the, the coat, the style, the, 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 yeah, the coping style comes out and I'm reading it, the, the description I'm going, Oh my goodness, the timing. So if you yes. wouldn't mind sharing. Great. Yes. Well, let's right. go into it. Okay. So this is a, this is not newborn. This is a totally different phase of development. As we go from newborn to five years old, there's so many different phases, but this is right as we're approaching that five-year-old, it's four, five, six. We go through a really interesting okay. phase of development that psychologists call our Oedipal phase. And it's when we mm -hmm. actually have our first onslaught of sex hormones, believe it or not. We have a lot of um, androgens flood our body, testosterone, estrogen, progesterone, and that happens four, five, six, and then it dies down again until we start hitting puberty and then they start ramping up again. But, that, but that's why five-year-olds can be very lovey-dovey and very sexual in a way, not actual penetrative sex, God willing, <laughs> at that age. Mm -hmm. It's not appropriate. Mm -hmm. But something sexy starts going on inside. We start wanting to, instead of just playing side by side with our, you know, little friends, we want to like do interpenetrative play, like tag you're at, come chase me. And now we, we're, we're, you're going to get me and let's compete. And we're going to have sword fights and it's me against you, but I want them. And we start having little boyfriends and girlfriends at school. And we tell one parent, mommy, I want to marry you. And I don't want daddy to come with us. It's just me and you, mommy. I want to marry you, right? And that's the most natural thing mm -hmm. in the world. That's why they call it the Oedipal phase is after the myth of Oedipus Rex, the prince who kills the king to marry mm -hmm. the queen. So it's very natural for every five-year-old to desire one parent or even both parents in a sensual, romantic way, and to start playing doctor with kids at school, wanting to you know, masturbate at that age. It's all very natural and normal. There's all this sort of special sauce going on at that time. And during mm -hmm. that phase, we need a really interesting cocktail of being sort of recognized for how 
that we are getting like a little bit alluring and exciting and there's something exciting going on there while also there being like a healthy boundary around that of like, oh, you are so special to me. I see why you want to marry me. Like someone would be so lucky to have you. You know, I'm married to your daddy. Mm -hmm. I won't be marrying you. You're my child. Right. But um, someone would be so lucky to have you because you are so special to me. That's kind of what what a child needs during the Oedipal phase to, to feel whole. And this can go wrong in one of three ways. And squashed is one of those ways which is that as we start to come out of our chubby toddler little lump phase. <laughs> and, and I we, was. <laughs> right? But, and we sprout these long limbs and we want to run and jump and play and we're, our beauty is coming out in this new way as five-year-olds and we have this kind of shimmery energy and this is when desire starts flowing around with other kids and you know adults. During that time, if someone in our immediate family is envious of our shine – envious of us getting any extra attention or love or being special in any way, we get squashed. So the perfect archetype of squashed would be like Cinderella, where the stepsisters are so mean and so jealous. And Cinderella has no idea why. She's mm -hmm. like, but I made you your favorite tea. Like she's literally like crouching down, like, don't you look, can you be nice to me, please? And she has no idea why they're not nice to her. And same with Harry Potter is another really good um, mm. emblem of this. So the Dursleys are so threatened by the fact that he's literally magic that they squash him and put him in a cupboard under the stairs. Meanwhile, he doesn't know why he's so hated. Mm -hmm. He can't. So when we're squashed, we don't realize that we have the extra special sauce. We don't realize we have something enviable inside. We just feel small and we just wish everyone would like us and we wish that people would stop hating us. But the truth is, we've got a little bit extra shine. And, you know, everybody has this beautiful essence at their core, but for some reason, life didn't squash it out of us or like, you know, beat it out of us. So we end up being, you know, very kind and very loving and very beautiful and very um, radiant people, people with a disposition that's like lights up a room. And, um, then we have to feel kind of embarrassed of that part of us and try to hide it and try to dim our shine. So that's the squash coping style. And we've often been bullied, the target of bullying. And we don't, again, we don't know why. And then when someone's like, oh, it's because they're jealous. It's like, no, they aren't. They're so much bigger than me. I just want them to like me. I feel smaller than them. But it's like, yes, they're trying to make you feel smaller than them because in fact, your radiance is, you can't miss it. And it's, it is threatening for some people who don't, who believe that we're in a zero-sum game where if you get the attention, that means I don't have it. Mm. But if we're squashed, we just want to lift everyone up. We believe that everyone can be standing in their their radiance and their shine. I thought what was really great, you gave an example of, or maybe it was a question, was um, when someone gives you a compliment, do you feel like you have to compliment them back? Compliment them back all the time. That was all the time. It, and it literally would feel like, no, 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 but you like, no, but as opposed to just taking that and saying, thank you. Um, and the, that feeling of, I used to walk into room, like I used to walk into a room and know, okay, I have two ways I can approach this. I could like be in the center and get all the attention, but then someone's going to say, oh, I'm doing too much. So let me try to find a balance and I won't have to, I don't have to crack all the jokes and all, let me just observe. And I would just blame that on being a Gemini. 
my two my two sides of being in the middle and like, yeah, to no, I'm just gonna observe today. And I found reading this was so it was so on point. But I still had trouble feeling the part of someone's envious. I thought, why? Like, no, I like I make space for everybody in my life, but in that explanation, I I get it. I get it too. I get it. I get it. I have lost friendships that way with no, without an, you know, an explanation as to why just kind of felt like we couldn't exist in the same plane anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was really, really interesting. And the antidote is erect, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Instead of squashing our spine, we, you know, stick our bum out a little bit and we push our hand against our head and our head up into our hand and we lengthen our neck and lengthen our spine all the way and we hold ourselves like this with the heart open with the spine erect throughout all our life experiences because our squashers squash us because they feel jealousy like you have what i want and i don't want you to have it if i can't have it but the truth is it's our sacred duty to stand taller to shine brighter and to remind everyone of the, that we share the same essence at our core, this essence of beauty and love and radiance, you know, and so, yeah, so you could feel it. I'm seeing that yeah, smile. You're like, oh shit, that's I'm my like, sacred duty. I'm, like, I'm slouching again. I'm always slouching. I always slouch. I do it all the time. And that's it's funny. Yeah. You know, and I, I know not to, I was a dancer for many years. I know not to, but it always feels like more comfortable. I do it all the time, especially in the group. Mm-hmm. I'm like, it's really yep. weird. Yeah, to make yourself small because as a little one, any recognition you would get for your power or your beauty would come with daggers of hate from someone else. So you really don't want that hate, so you'd rather just not be seen. Yeah. And that was then, and we can create a new reality now. So with source code, we shift our embodiment to shift our reality. So I was deeply squashed. I still, you know, it's always a process. But um, I was bullied well into adulthood. And um, when I would be around someone who withheld from me and didn't like me and rolled their eyes at me, which people would often do, I would try harder. I would make myself smaller. I would try to be of service to them. Can I get you a drink? Oh, how are you? Oh, tell me all about you, you know? And the more I did that, the more they hated me. Mm Mm-hmm. And so when I realized the antidote was to get erect, to get potent, to get radiant, to own my power and my beauty, because ultimately we're making them nuts when we do this because they're like, stop, you can't slouch and pretend you're not radiant. We, I see who you are. <laughs> like, you can't want that validation from me. No, right. you, you have it. So when I finally owned it in my body and I stood like this around a bully, they actually said to me, gosh, you know, I really envy you. And I was like, what? Because I didn't even ever know that it came from envy. And then once I learned it and I embodied it, they could just say it. And then I said, wow, tell me about that. And then it was like this more adult to adult thing. And there was all this caring and warmth that could go on because I wasn't playing this game anymore of being playing small. You stood in your power. Yes. And that often is much more attractive. I, I like, there was a question that um, uh, I read about, not a question. You were talking about someone who took your course. I think it was Chloe. 
Was there a clock? Oh, in the book? You yeah, read my book. In the book. Yes. In the book. Uh-huh. And and just how the difference was in her relationship with her husband too, when she stood in her power. Different coping style than I had, but just how that's more attractive when people see that you know who you are. You truly are in your skin. Mm-hmm. And some people are really good at sniffing out if you say that, but you're not really quite there yet. It's like, mm-hmm. oh, please, you'll be great when you really are feeling, your, you know, when you really know who you are, yeah. but you're yeah. still sorting that out. But okay, I'll give you an A for effort, whatever. But <laughs> but it is a difference when you can, there's a really big difference you can see in people around you. Even recently, I started to be uh, a little bit more uh, confident about me speaking. It's so, I know it's so odd because I've been an actress for so long and I've done podcasting and everything. And you would think that would be comfortable, but in my personal relationships, that hasn't been. So to do that has been, you can tell people were going, you seem, I don't, are you quieter? What's, you know, what's going on? I'm like, no, I'm just, I feel good. Actually, they could see the difference. So I think this is um, part of what I'm what I'm getting from source code and why I think it's an amazing, amazing discovery. The fact that you took the time to look (laughs) inward because you did a lot of in inner work to do, to bring this to us. Mm -hmm. Um, It's, it really makes it very, very accessible. Um, In terms of mothers here listening to this, what are the Mm -hmm. things that we can start to do when it comes to kind of, you know, pouring into these little ones. Hmm. What yeah, I mean, want? I th- I think the solution is always that inner work. Like, um, you know, how we are with our kids is just going to be a direct result of how we feel inside. Hmm. And so when things feel off, usually the adjustment is needs to happen inside. It can feel like it needs to happen outside. If I could just get my kid to dot, dot, dot. Um, <laughs> But actually, it's like, okay, I need a timeout, <laughs> right. you know, and, and shifting the energy inside, like returning to a baseline of love and integration of self. And once you learn what your coping styles are, you sort of have the map of, okay, when I feel off, what kind of off? One of these 12 ways. And what can I do to care for myself in this moment to bring myself into the antidote, into the healed position? So if I'm feeling squashed at a party... You know, can I make my spine long, remember that my radiance is a gift and that me standing into my power invites them into their power? Because ultimately, someone who's squashing you at a party, um, they're not in their power. If they're eye rolling and withholding and bullying or telling you you're too much, that's not them in their power. That's them in their wound. You're in your wound. They're in your. When you stand up out of your wound, it invites them into their power to say, you know what? I envy you. That's power. So the same with your children. You know, if you're in in an embodiment that's misaligned, it's going to get expressed through your child. It's going to get absorbed into your child, whether they absorb and become like you or whether they absorb and become the puzzle piece that fits your wounding, which often happens. Um, Yeah. So really, it's really just about shifting the energy inside. Yeah, I, I, I feel that that's such an important thing to say, because a lot of times I I felt as a mom, where am I going to take the time to reset and refill my cup right now? Like the tantrum is happening right now. She's not Mm -hmm. listening to me right now. My parents would have smacked me already and going, no, I don't want to do that. 
I don't want to do that. So what can I do right now to bring myself in a space where I'm okay so mm-hmm. that I can be better in this moment? It's mm-hmm. that just those things. I think the antidotes are really amazing because they're mm-hmm. pretty, they're so simplified because mm-hmm. you read it and you go, oh, of course, that makes sense. <laughs> but I'm, you know, but I wouldn't have done that on my own. You know, I'm, I, I think, you know, we, we usually use the restroom, the bathroom as the, the break from the kid. I'll be right out. Just, just give me a moment to reset. But yeah. what are you doing to make yourself to heal yourself? Cause it's one yeah. thing to just do it just to get through the moment, but then you just repeat mm-hmm. the same thing. Mm-hmm. So, uh, to giving, giving us a, a process to heal mm-hmm. is so much better mm-hmm. and more helpful. Yeah. yeah. That's why I love source code is it's like, feel better now. It's not like, okay, go into psychoanalysis and do 10 years worth of work. It's like, no, no, in this moment, how am I off? How can I feel better right now? And just just ever so slightly shift my consciousness, shift the story, shift the context of what's going on. Because if a child's having a tantrum, unless they've got a knife in their hand, there's really no problem. Right. Right. They can touch around. And if we're not resisting their resistance, it neutralizes a lot faster. Yes. Oh, that was something that you said that was really poignant. I thought about ending the era, the age of the wounded child. Oh, that was just so well written. But just, yeah, just the fact that, you know, allowing the fact that we are here to, we have these children and we are truly meant to guide them to being themselves. Yes. And allowing them to be yes. with healthy boundaries. Yes. So that they are safe, mm-hmm. but that they're not going to become little Sam or little Victoria, that they are their own person. I think fundamentally as a mom, you know, that once you, you know, you, you, you see them, you're like, I hope you're better than me. I want you to have a better life than me. But how do you go about doing that at, at a in a like a spiritual level, psychological level too, mm-hmm. of just pouring into them? If you understand what was poured into you, that may not be a good fit for you. Mm-hmm. How to stop it? Truly, how to stop mm-hmm. it with you and give them what they need, not what you need. Yeah, and to give yourself what you need and make yeah. sure you're always getting what you need, and then there's less pressure on them you know, to have to meet your need, you can meet your need. But, but the thing too, that is, um, you asked earlier how to do it and it's like, we do it in ourselves, but also I think it really helps. Like in my book, I outline the stages of childhood development and exactly what a child is looking for to feel Mm -hmm. whole at that stage of development from newborn to infant, to toddler, to post toddler, to edible. And, um, you know, you, you read the book right now I'm releasing one chapter at a time to a membership inside of Mighty Networks. If people want to join, it's a $22 a month membership. And I I meet with everyone in the group um, once a month over Zoom. And we do a deep dive where I do like one-on-one coding with the people that are there. And it's like this beautiful, loving community. And um, it's a way to read the book. There's like, I think, uh, seven chapters out now. And they'll okay. be like... Uh, 16 total. So if people hop in now, they'll, they'll be able to read the first seven chapters, like what you, you started to read. Oh, that's and great. That's so much better than an audiobook because <laughs> then you can read with people you're reading and you're also 
talking about each chapter. That's great. Yeah. And people also can opt into book club pods. So people are in groups of four and then I create these long questions and prompts that people can discuss about each chapter. And people are saying that the book clubs are like their favorite time of the week that they meet with people and they just go deep and they feel so loved. Source code really attracts such heart-centered, safe, thoughtful, exciting, grounded, interesting people. And so, um, yeah, it's really cool. What's good. Well, you, you said it's kind of woo, but it's truly like if you are the kind of person, whether you're a parent or not, and you're listening to this and you just want to dig deeper and heal yourself, that's not woo. That's, you know what I mean? Everyone should take a moment it's just for your betterment to just be a better contributor to humanity. Is yes. If we, we need to heal ourselves. We are, we, and yes. with what we've just gone through in the pandemic where people had to spend a lot of time with themselves I'm sure they came up with more questions or, you know, maybe some answers too of like, mm-hmm. ah, that, this is why I need to do more of that. And I think that's why mm-hmm. so much, there was a lot of creativity that came out of that time too. And sometimes yeah. people felt, oh, something just fell behind me. Uh, <laughs> some who felt really uh, lonely, you know, I have friends who that was a really, really difficult time for them. They had to spend a lot of time with themselves. So if you are, someone, whether you're a parent or not, and you just want to heal, just really come from a place of healing. Uh, mm-hmm. Source code uh, is a great source, no pun intended, uh, for doing just that. Um, it's aimed at alleviating all unnecessary suffering by bringing us out of lifelong patterns that go against our true nature. And that's what our coping styles are. So, oh my gosh, thank you for doing your homework, by the way. That's I so did my homework, Dr. Well, Sam. I had we, to. Should it we was, quickly tell parents about the course that launches yeah. May 24th? Yeah, I was just about to tell them. So, great news Dr. Sam is doing this great course called Parenting as Love The 12 Secrets to a More Beautiful Life for You and Your Kids. And it's going to be starting on May 24th. So, I have a great, I have a special link for everybody that I'll put in the description of the podcast and on social media, but can you tell them about the course and what they should expect? Yes. So it's a 14 week course and we meet live on zoom, but there's no pressure because I know people's schedules are crazy as parents and it's going to be over the summer. Mm-hmm. And so you don't have to show up live for the classes. You can kind of book ear the weeks of the coping styles you really want to be there live for and come to those. And you don't have to come to any of them, but you have lifetime access to all the recordings. You can listen to them like they're a podcast on the way to work. If you want, like it, however it works in your schedule, we love that. Thank you. And it's going to be a deep dive on one of the coping styles each week where we talk about how our own coping styles got formed by the way we were parented, how having that coping style in ourselves can affect the way that we parent, how to not create that coping style in our child. And if we already see signs of that coping style in our child, how to make subtle energetic shifts in the moment that support them to emerge and not have to live in a life sentence in that coping style. And um, it's, you know, it's really going to be a class where parents emerge feeling such a deeper ease with life. It's just source code makes life feel better, period. And it makes parenting easier. It makes, you know, people have said that I've saved their partnerships. It's like having a, you know, a like owner's manual to your partner when you understand their coping styles. And, you know, it's just, it's just a way to feel 
more engaged with life. And it's also, my friend said, it's path agnostic. So it doesn't matter what kind of parenting style you believe in, whether it's rye parenting, attachment parenting, whatever it is. Source code is a complement to all styles of parenting. Source code is a complement to all different kinds of spiritual practices or religions. Like there's there's nothing it's in a fight with. It's just in support of life and, and any path that people decide to take. And it's just a place where we're going to come together in community, find like-minded, like-hearted parents and support one another in emerging from these lifelong prisons so that we can all just like feel really yummy and, and reconnect to the love at our core. And, um, you know, people say that coming out of their coping styles is like a miracle because the second they come out, their child is all of a sudden a different child, like way more happy and <laughs> joyful and present and connected. And they're like, oh, wow. Okay. This is how this works. So it's, it's just a very um, profound, but gentle way to make life feel better now. Wow. And yeah, because kids are very intuitive. They can feel when mommy's really happy or something's bothering them. So this is, this is great that you have access to such a great course where you can really dig deep and and think about your parenting path, what is going to be your parenting style too, I think, if you haven't developed that yet, because I'm glad that you said it's compatible with everything that's already out there. But mm-hmm. this can only make you first a better human being and a healed human being for yourself mm-hmm. and also to benefit your future generations right in your own home. So yes. Oh, it's so nice to have had you. I want to let people know. Okay, wait, you can find her at www.drsamrader.com. And if you'd like more information about the course, just add slash parenting as love to that same, uh, the same information that I sent you. I just said, which is www.drsamrader.com slash parenting as love. And that link will be in the description of the podcast and also on social media. And where can they find you on social media? Oh, on Instagram, I'm Dr. Sam Rader. That's D-R-S-A-M-R-A-D-E-R. And um, yeah, that's my Instagram. And her source code, her book source code is available everywhere. So please go and check it oh, out. Oh no, the book, it won't be out for another year. So oh. if you're in the membership, you're getting to read the book a year ahead of publication. Oh, I didn't know this was an exclusive. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Well, excuse moi. Okay. <laughs> so if you would like to be in the know of this amazing book that is going to come out very soon, please go to Dr. Sam's um, website, uh, as we mentioned, and stay tuned here. And I'll make sure to update people when it's out and anything that she's going to be doing. My new friend, thank you so much, Dr. Thank Sam. Thank you, Victoria. This I was great. Yeah. I told you you wouldn't want to miss this episode. Wealth of information, of knowledge. Just thank you so much, Dr. Sam. Dr. Sam's Parenting as Love Workshop starts May 24th. If you'd like to take the workshop, I'm taking it. I hope that you will join me. There's a special link in the detail box of this particular episode. So please look there. It's also on my Linktree link on Instagram. I'll put it there on Facebook too. It's a special link just for you to go ahead and grab your seat while you can. It's a virtual class. Make some time for it. Let's invest in ourselves. Okay. Can't wait to see you there. Take care of yourselves and each other. See you next week. Bye.